Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-hosts Joanna Belson and Janice Hardoon. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill, Joanna, and Janice discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. Do your knees hurt? How about your back? How about your soul? How about your spirit? Are you in pain? This is Merrill Schindler. I've been on radio a long, long time. I've tried a lot of stuff for my knees, my back, my soul, my spirit. And let me tell you, nothing has worked like CBD. Nothing has worked like THC. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, it's the wonderful world of medical cannabis. It's amazing what's going on out there. The stuff heals. The stuff cures. I can speak from actual experience. It is astounding. It's something you have to discover. I'm not selling stuff here. No, I'm trying to share what really works, what's done such great stuff for me. And I'm also trying to cut through all the complete nonsense out there. The bozos at Fox News that tell us that marijuana products are addicting. They're not a minor, non-violent felony. They're killing people every day across the United States. It's a gateway drug. It's reefer madness out there. Where do they pull that stuff out of? What strange orifice? Nothing can be further from the truth. So welcome to High on the Hog, the podcast where each and every week we'll tell you what's going on out there. We will help you heal yourself. And I've got great experts with me. I've got Joanna Belson. Are you insulted if I call you a soccer mom? Not at all. And I've got Janice Hardoon, who's the proprietor of the usually successful K-Town Collective in Los Angeles, where you are basically a guru. You are the person who knows what works, and you will be explaining it in detail each and every week. I need to know, Joanna, first, how did you get into this world? It started out about two years ago at the Jersey Shore. I was with my sister, Monica, and she basically challenged me to go get a new job in the cannabis industry. She had heard about all these new companies popping up, and uh, I took it as a challenge. I came back to L.A., and I actually met a mom through my kid's school who had a corporation, and I was fortunate to join her in her business and work for her in that industry in the last year. Did the kids find it a little weird? Well, we definitely had to position it um, in a way that they could understand. So I actually went into my kid's school. I grabbed the health book and I actually asked the teacher, what are they teaching the kids today on cannabis? And it was a one page pager in the book. And uh, basically it said marijuana is bad, but it may help cancer. And so we teach our children that um, basically, we taught them that plant medicine is the way to describe it, and there's all sorts of natural healing benefits from all different types of plants out there, and cannabis is just one of them. Well, you do know that the Amazon jungles are filled with things that will heal you, and there are things as old as digitalis, which is used for heart disease, and it's from plants. Janice, tell me about your journey to this world, to being a cannabis guru. Well, thank you for calling me a guru. I think that everyone is still learning and there's so much to learn. I ended up here accidentally. Um, I had nephews that were lived in New York and they thought being in the marijuana business would be cool. And quickly they found out one took the a left turn to the wrong drug, so he was gone. And the other one said, it's too much work. And I got dumped with it. And the store originally was in Koreatown. And it was sink or swim and learn about the 
the the strains, the medicine, medicinal parts of it. It's a whole different world in 2008 than it is right now in 2018. Um, there were still raiding the stores, coming by, arresting people. So every day that you went to your business, you had the chance that you could be arrested because that you were. I was drinking the Kool Aid the city and the state gave. Um, I since since. Uh, surrounded myself by what I thought was the smartest people in the industry. I found who was like the original cultivator in Los Angeles. He taught me how to grow uh, marijuana. Then I found a partner that was able to show me the street side of cannabis and all the different things there. We made all of our own concentrates. Then we went into making all of our own edibles. So we were truly vertically integrated. Um, We had mom plants and we were cutting clones for people. And it's a totally different world. Since the passing of Prop 64, which I was against just because I like things organized and I thought we needed to really understand the medicinal part of cannabis before we got into the recreational use. It's everything has been up in the air. It's a good thing for you, Meryl, because it'll be a lot of subjects for you to talk about and educate people just as we integrate cannabis world now into the government and how the government can make money from it. And that's basically what it is. I do not disagree with you in the least. I preferred when cannabis was medically based rather than recreational because for me personally, it is medically based. I'm not sitting home watching a Lakers game and lighting a J. No, it's like my knee hurts. I think I'll put some CBD cream on it and see what that'll do for me. So when you began, users needed a permit. You had to have a doctor's license you had to be 18 years of age and you'd have to have a doctor's recommendation for the cannabis and it was pretty easy to get a doctor's recommendation as time went went on um, my first doctor's rec I got in 2008 because my criminal lawyer insisted I have one because I was going to be in the store and I think I spent $150 on this piece of paper that I didn't even know how to fill out because the first question is do you smoke and no I didn't so you had to overcome, like, why did I need this this piece of paper? And it was really because I was around cannabis. Did it matter when the police raided the store in 2012? No, it was like, take you first, ask the questions, and resolve it later on. It didn't matter. It's amazing. It makes you feel like prohibition is still out there. People who regularly drink till they're blind, drunk, and crash into trees, that's okay. But it's not okay if you use a little cream on your knees or a few mints that will help you. It's hypocrisy of the first, second, and third order. It's funny, by the time I got my medical permits, I paid 25 bucks and did it over FaceTime. I remember the guy asked three questions. Do you have epilepsy? No. Have you ever used a marijuana product? Yes. Do you have an addictive personality? I said, I don't know. And that was it. You went to the store and you showed it to them. They put you in the system and boom. And of course, it's spreading from state to state to state, yet it's still filled with lots of confusion. I mean, you just had some relatives of mine in the store and they were saying, we don't understand. We don't understand. They're college graduates, successful, intelligent people. And they said, what's CBD? What's THC? So let's answer that question. Let's take note the number of big companies that are investing big bucks as we could have a little history lesson of what's going on in cannabis world today 
<clears throat> I think that if you look at history and how history repeats itself, and you talked about prohibition just in alcoholism and alcohol and making that and then making that legal, the same thing is going to happen. And I think that you'll see this world in cannabis the same way. Once the states and the federal government get their hands on the revenues from the tax streams, they'll open it up. But what I think they're really fighting is big pharma because marijuana is not the gateway drug to the opiates. It's the way out and away from. If they would allow the government to do the studies, to do the research, to see what the plants can do, it's the same thing as you going into the rainforest and coming back out and making antibiotics. You're using full plant. You're using the full spectrum of the plant. Um, Every bit of the plant has a different medicinal purpose and can trigger and target different areas of your body to help it heal we can't say the word cure so i'm going to correct you that right now because i don't want anyone to think we're curing we can help we can soothe we can prevent we can maintain and you know what i'm sorry but even if it's a placebo and it makes you feel better it's better than any of the other alternatives that are out there and let's take note of the number of big companies that are investing big bucks. Well, now it's the tobacco company came yesterday. We've had the beer companies, the alcohol companies, the water companies. They're all coming in. When you see these private um, equity funds coming in, they're trying to raise money from the private sector to come in. Um, People are trying to rush to Canada to go public because they think that's the big boom. Um, I'm scared of that because I came from Wall Street in that world of Enron when they just sold a hype and a dream. And I don't want that to happen because I truly think that cannabis and the different molecules within the, the, whether it's a hemp plant or a cannabis plant, really can help help and heal. I think that everyone just needs to take a moment and stop and ponder what's out there. I had an interesting uh, experience this summer with my cousin. He runs opioid clinics all over the East Coast. And uh, something he pointed out to me, which was interesting, is when people go to the doctor nowadays, they expect a cure. And doctors don't necessarily provide that. They can help your ailments and provide suggestions. But then in this modern day of the Internet, people go and immediately give a bad review on a doctor if they're not, quote unquote, cured. So it's in their doctor's best interest, so to speak, to help these people feel good and leave happy so they don't get the bad review on whatever website. And so you're getting all these people addicted through that course versus the natural homeopathic there's all these other remedies but pharma is winning right now i'd like to bring up the case of my college daughter who was using ativan ativan's scary stuff it's deeply addictive and even though she controls up well and would take it only when absolutely necessary it was still there she had the bottle of it and then my wife had gotten at your recommendation some um cbd lozenges And my daughter tried the CBD lozenges, and she called us that first day, that first morning, after one half a lozenge, she said, this is amazing. I have no anxiety. I'm not feeling nervous. This stuff works. I mean, it was like as simple as that, as basic and simple. Um, It really, really did help. So I think we have to define terms a little bit here because they're tossed around so much. Okay, so THC is... From a cannabis plant. Your THC is derived from a cannabis plant. 
THC is the vehicle for which the CBD will adhere to get to your receptor so your body can absorb. You can take CBD without THC because there's plenty of people out there that have jobs or different ailments that they don't want that psychoactive effect. But if people will learn to microdose their THC, that's just enough to carry the CBD throughout your body and get the receptors to really absorb okay. it. Microdosing is the hot term for that. And industry. what do it mean? It means slowly. It's like cutting up your, your medicine into different parts. Oh, sure. Where you just take, for instance, you could take an ibuprofen that was a pharmaceutical grade and it's 800 milligrams ibuprofen. Right. Well, maybe sometimes you're better to take the what you get over the counter that's 200 milligrams and take 200 milligrams four times a day instead of taking one 800 milligrams all at once. It's the same thing, just looking at milligrams of how much you're dosing. Um, by microdosing, you're getting the, the medicine into your body and keeping it in your body. With CBD, if you put too much CBD into your body, it's like taking vitamin D and you're gonna piss it out. Right. So by taking it slowly into your body, it will absorb into your body and will start to work. If you give it that little kicker, even uh, everyone keeps talking about these mints that are two and a half milligrams that I think I live by, that's just enough to take the edge off and help the CBD really get into your receptors and you receive the, the, the pain relief. Right. In other words, if I get one of those tasty chocolate bars from you, um, I should not sit there as I would with a, um, um, you know, a, a Kit Kat and no. eat the entire chocolate bar because no. probably I will not now move Now everything is broken. Into I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would break it down. Everything now, like edibles and things of a sort, when it has THC, the state of California, it's done and broken down into 10 milligram serving size. I don't know who decided that 10 milligrams was a serving size, because truly, I believe that if you start with two and a half milligrams, sure. you're better to do four two and a half milligrams than one 10 milligrams, because everybody's body is going to metabolize it differently, just like you do a pharmaceutical drug. So we're talking no difference when you're talking about cannabis and you're trying to use it and understand how it's gonna affect your body. Don't misjudge it because it's the same thing in the pharmaceutical world. They start you off in small doses and you have to find out. A painkiller for me may work for eight hours, a painkiller for you may work two hours, and a painkiller for you may work 12 hours. But that's the whole thing. It's finding out what works in your body and finding your comfort levels for what it is. What I find fascinating is uh, my mom is a psychologist who um, specializes in drug and alcohol addiction. and. She's pro-cannabis, she doesn't take it herself um, just because she's atypical and it does opposite effects. Um, but she's fascinated by it and has a lot of anxiety and depression and so she's recently been more open to trying new things and we took her to a dispensary um, or retail location, whatever you wanna call it. And uh, she, she is very smart, she did all the research, walked in with her notebook of what ratios she was looking, what strains, and the bud tender looked at her like she had four heads. I know, that's crazy, that's the med men model that really very much upsets me because you have to educate people, it's not fair to like do that. I mean, people don't go to the library anymore because they don't know how to use a card catalog. <laughs> I mean, it's decimal. crazy. <laughs> right, the Dewey Decimal. But that's the whole thing. I mean, you, everyone needs to come back and to build a foundation. Your house is gonna stand up better if you pour the right concrete. And that's the whole thing. I think that Koreatown is what it is today because I had to take the time to learn. I had, it could be a brick or a sponge 
and I went the sponge route and surrounded myself with what I thought was the smartest people in the industry. So I had the smartest cultivator. I have the smartest attorney. I had to train my accountants because it was a new thing for them to get them, you know, on board to what we were doing. Am I tired of Alphabet City sending me letters every day? Yes. And am I tired of people saying you're always going to be attacked because you're in cannabis? I think it's crazy. We're just a little small store. I mean, there are huge facilities and huge things that really they should be spending time with and letting us understand this industry for what it is and the health benefits that it can provide. Now, one of the stores you most (laughs) recently opened was a CBD-only store. So let's define CBD. CBD because CBD has got a big buzz going on around it. CBD is the big buzz and it's going to be the big buzz of 2019 for businesses. No psychoactive. No um, psychoactive. CBD is the healing principle of the, of the molecules that are in the cannabis plant or the hemp plant. You can also get CBD from, um, it's a question if you get it from a distillate, you get it from an isolate, how it's going to be absorbed into your body one way versus another way. Um, but CBD is really the healing power. It's the of the cannabis plant itself, that molecule, and it's how you get it into your system. Um, the CBD store we opened is the antidote, and basically we are looking for the antidote for anxiety, sleep, restlessness, weight loss, um, skin care, the whole bit, the whole gamut of it. Um, it's a superstore of a lot of products, just like you would go into CVS and you would have five brands of toothpaste and six brands of mouthwash and 22 different ways to floss your teeth that's you can take cbd the same way you can take it in an olive oil you can take it in a capsule you can vape it you can drink a cup of coffee you can have a cup of tea you can put it in your honey stick and it's a lifestyle and we need people everyone had an endocannabinoid system when they were born and those endocannabinoid systems start to to not exist anymore in your body as you get older it's another thing that like your metabolism everyone's is going to be different i think i'll be long and dead and i hope that someone like dances and says she said that (laughs) it was going to be the fountain of youth i truly believe that we'll find out that that's what's going to give people that youthful give them back that youthful stuff i'm not going to cure cancer but i may slow it i may keep it from growing and it's a lot better than putting all those other chemicals in your body um and if you keep everyone has cancer cells in their body it's whether they're dormant or they're not dormant if i can keep them dormant i've done a great job and there are as you mentioned so many ways of ingesting there is smoking of course and really it's the ingesting that 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 fascinates me so much because there are oils that you take in droppers there are oils that you spray there are um there are tasty mints very tasty mm-hmm. mints there are very tasty chocolates i mean it's it's kind, well, it's, of, a, it's it's, kind of a treat it's how you how you want to get it into your system if you vape it, it's probably the quickest way into your system versus an edible that could be 45 minutes to get into mm-hmm. your system um because you're going to take cbd and it's going to be your lifestyle you're going to build it throughout the day so i don't care if you take it by spray you take it by sublingual you take it by an edible because you're putting it into your body three or four times a day and you're microdosing it taking 20 to 30 milligrams at a time so however your choice of ingestion that's fine if you add it a little bit of thc with it you're just going to magnify the benefits of your cbd and there is more of the points of confusion because so many of the products have 
a certain amount of THC, a certain amount of CBD, maybe all THC, maybe all CBD. It's like it 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 causes one to go a little crazy trying to figure out what do I need. It makes you crazy it? to educate your help to get them to understand. And so we spend a lot of time, the makers of the products. Once we've filtered and we've decided we're going to bring the products in the store, they can only come in if the founders of the company come in and start doing the education and they we get to watch them interact with the patients that are coming in saturday i had like spent an hour just listening to the woman that started uh i believe it's dr reeds um and it was a cbd and it was a spray oh, and interesting. and it was a whole thing of using an isolate versus a distillate and the process she, that she did, like, I'm not Miss Organic, but it was coming from organic hemp in Colorado and that organic this and organic that. I mean, I think you wash your fruit and you're good to go. But, you know, who am I to say? But she was like a very interesting conversation. But to have these people come in and really educate what they know, because everybody sees it from a different, it's like looking at a hexagon, everyone's coming from a different side. So when you insist that the founders come in, do they ever push back and ask for like a brand ambassador? I have to tell you, they, they come first, then they'll send brand ambassadors. I'm very fortunate because my partner and I have been doing this for so long that when we took the walk from THC World, because we were like upset with how they were treating CBD in, in California, we walked into the CBD arena. We were like the rock stars of like, guess who came? This is going to happen now. And we filled up a store with a variety of CBD products and we're constantly looking and searching for better ones than the ones we have. So have you rejected some products that you won't carry? Mm -hmm. Yes. Just curious, interesting. There are things that like, if I'm very conscious of, of getting a COA, which is a certificate of authenticity, so I know where the can the CBD is being derived from. Um, CBD got it bad rap because things coming out of China. It seems everything coming out of China is getting a bad rap. But the Chinese like money. They can make they can make their money values go up and down. They can do the same thing with CBD. They can go first build a house with all their hemp, and then what sludge is left over, <laughs> they're going to try to sell a CBD. So. I mean, it's trust your source. And that's the whole thing. If I could tell anybody about cannabis and using cannabis derived products and whatever it is, find someone you trust. Don't just go searching on the internet and think that if you read it at WebMD, well, now I've got the cure for brain tumors and whatever. No, you've got to find someone you trust. Just like when you go to the doctor, you find someone that you can ask whatever questions you want to ask to that you're comfortable with. Um, and you have to educate. This is a time now in this arena that we must educate. We need the knowledge. And if the government is going to take the revenue sources, they also need to supply the research to go with it and allow universities that are public universities that you're getting federal funds to do the research. It's not fair. It's not right. It's you know they can they can collect all the money but they don't want to put they don't want to put any skin in the game and guess what they can probably make a lot more money with that skin than they are the pharmaceutical companies the pharmaceutical companies have put all of your senators and House of Representatives people in Washington D.C. they've used their lobbyists they've got them locked in I'm sure that they have a history of taking 
money from the pharmaceutical companies. Look at Jeff Sessions. I'm from Alabama. What do you know in, from Alabama? You know football and pharmaceuticals. What did Jeff Sessions possibly know about cannabis? Zero. He's in a little small community in the Bible Belt where everything's a no-no. So he, no one knew, but guess what? He was in, he spent a lot of time in Colorado and a lot of time in Washington getting educated. So do, is he going to be a believer and think it's a medicine? I think if it had stayed medical, we would have gotten him there quicker. But your president that everybody, whatever they want to say about him, from day one, embrace medical cannabis. Just remember, these are plant products. Therefore, they're the Lord's work. Right. You know, they're, they're a it's gift like, from God. It's what, what do they say about um, you can't hurry Mother Nature? <laughs> it's on its own schedule. And that's what this is. And I think people... Not California, because they had medical cannabis since, I think, in 1995. They couldn't get it right. City of L.A. couldn't get it right. I was with the councilman this weekend. We were talking about it, you know, at length. And I told him I actually felt bad for him because they take so much heat and pressure because of the licensing and what's happening in L.A. But you're going to turn around in five or ten years, and you're going to say that the snail did the right thing by taking its time to put it all together. It's all the fight. For those of us who have been around for a while, we've seen an amazing change in the quality of the, the basic product. I mean, used to be big blocks that would come up from Mexico and there would be a lot of seeds and stems. And I remember, you know, seeing there'd be coins and rocks. That was way before my time. Uh, it was, well, back I got so happy I can say back, that. Back in the day, back in the, when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Um, <laughs> that's what that, and then and then they started, you know, American ingenuity started growing some really interesting stuff up um, up in like Mendocino. Well, they brought it from Afghanistan. Yeah. All the good indicas and things came from Afghanistan. And it was the hydroponic. The, the, soldier, was, the soldiers were yeah. bringing back the seeds to this country. And that's really how we went from, oh, you're agreeing with me, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's how it's coming from over, from, from one part of the world to the next part of the world. Um, but you're right, I mean, it is. It's, it's a plant, it's the same thing as your antibiotics. But guess what, you don't get a yeast infection. Yeah. <laughs> but American American ingenuity, American ingenuity, you know. I mean, the, the 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 breeding got better and better, and so the I remember I remember the stuff started getting stronger and stronger, and it was like people you know, say well, that it's getting stronger and stronger now. And I have to tell you, I don't agree. Well, you can make you can make concentrate stronger and stronger, yeah. but I think now with the way that they do testing, there's no baseline for. Five to me is seven to you, is two to you, because no lab has the same baseline from what they're using in equipment. Back in the day, though, what what a, a full joint would do, a toke would do, you know, as the quality got, got higher and higher, it got purer and purer. And it was, you know, it was, um, you had to, like, watch out. <laughs> you know, you thought you were just going to, like, take a, take, take, do a little smoking, go out for a pizza, and said you weren't leaving the house. Uh, <laughs> Um, but it's 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 a wonderful world, and what's great, and what we're going to keep talking about on High and the Hog, the podcast, is how it's just going to grow. It's just going to get bigger and bigger and better and better. And I'm so honored to be with people who are at the very roots here of the it. pioneers, the pioneers of it. Pioneer. Because I have my tra- my truck, my covered wagon out there. 
I'm a passenger on Janice's. I'm a passenger on Janice's Pioneer wagon. Wow, okay, you, I'll let you hold the horsey sometimes. <laughs> She's oh. steering. I'm driving. Oh, I don't know. That makes me nervous. <laughs> it makes me nervous because I'll be honest. I looked at my accountant the other day, and I like was just tears were coming down my face. I'm like, I need a mentor. I need a mentor. And he looked at me. He goes, "You've been doing this for like 12 years." He goes, "You're the mentor." And with that, just I he I couldn't stop the flood of tears because I I need someone to like go to to like talk to because I read so much. And it brings up so much questions that all I can say is I wish I'd paid attention in chemistry class. <laughs> right? I was really stoned in chemistry class. I'll admit that. <laughs> First period, high school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, fu- it's funny because... I-, I was a person, I'll tell you this. I owned, I owned the cannabis store. I was the one that sat in the circle with the bong and never smoked the bong. It was never my drug of choice. And now everyone from Texas teases me because... I have the cannabis store. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, my friends all tease me. They're like, wait a second. You found your dream job. And my friends have nothing to do with cannabis. They're not 420 friendly. They're real people in the rest of the world. And they just look at me like, sometimes they do judge me, I think. But they have no idea the way this industry is growing and sneaking up around them and really going to change their lives, too. And they just don't know it. Uh, you, you like that TV show, Weeds. <laughs> Nancy. Um, you know what? Do you know how many meetings I sat in at my last job where people claimed to be that person? They were like, oh, I that- am not that person. I will tell you. I've sat, I've met three of them. Well, you be friends with them. I'm good. I don't have a little house on the hill. You know, what I what I, I particularly love are the edibles because I feel I can really have control over, over what I'm ingesting. And I was trying to think of, of, of the history of edibles. And of course, they, they, they go back thousands of years. I mean, they you know they they long precede any any history, but I think the point at which most of us had heard about it, and the first thing we tried was the old Alice B. Tokla's hash brownie, if you remember that. That was really back in the day, and that was from the nineteen twenties. That was Alice B. Tokla's. I will tell you, I saw Sears catalog from eighteen ninety eight. They had cocaine and marijuana for sale in both of them. Both, both you know, they'd still be in business today. They would be. <laughs> <laughs> With the federal government. Sponsored by. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, the refrigerators were good quality, but they, they should have come stocked. <laughs> um, but it's, it's uh, you know, the, the world, and it really, uh, as, as I discovered from, from, from your store, the world of, of alternative products, I mean, there was that big, funny ball that you dropped in the bathtub that, that oh, foamed. The bath bomb. And it, it, made the, <laughs> it made the water look and kind of smell like, um, like Kool-Aid. I got the feeling that if I, if I took a, a, a sip, it would taste kind of good, too. Be a little salty, probably. <laughs> but it was like, well, this is funny stuff. It was like a giant... Um, but was it soothing? Was it soothing? It was. My Relaxing. body needed it at the time a great deal. And uh, there's a bar of soap that I gotten from you. That was, that was pretty interesting. So the, the the world of, it goes on and on. Um, and as I've said, for when I went through a, a very rare and, and bizarre skin ailment earlier this year. And the only thing that, that stopped the itching was... Um, was some CBD cream. Nothing else. No high-end prescription, expensive prescription creams. Uh, greasy and nasty. None of them did anything. First time I tried that CBD cream, it was like, the itching's gone. It stopped. 
It worked. It did it. It is amazing. And that, for me, it's the aha moment. The one that my daughter had with, with the, the little lozenge, the, the, the experience I had with the, with the cream. And also, for those of us who are in need, and I certainly was when I was, you know, I had the skin ailment um, of sleep. Um, there are plenty of products that really help you get a good night's sleep. Um, you know, I mean, quite, quite intentionally, usually they're marked as such. But I've also got to say that your stores, um, there's a certain sexiness to going to the stores. There's a certain sexiness to the products. I mean, it, you know, you don't feel like you're in the old head shops with, with all their rolling papers and their, um, and their bongs and so forth. You feel like you're in a medical facility, you know, with, with products with, with cool names, um, and great descriptions, and there's always a good smell. It's, um, it's, it's a fun world to wander into. You know, it's a and, difficult world to live in. <laughs> <laughs> and to, to Stressful. Too. But anyway, this, this, is, this is episode one. Oh, I'm sorry for that. Let me try it again. This is episode one of High in the Hog, the podcast. My co-hosts are uh, Joanna Belson, um, Soccer Mom, and... Um, extraordinaire. And extraordinaire. And, and, edible and, lover. And, and edible lover. <laughs> and Janice Hardoon of the... Do I say Koreatown, Koreatown. or K-Town? It's Koreatown is the name on the paperwork. Okay. It kind of got branded as K-Town. Yeah, we, we, we all know Koreatown here in right. L.A. as K-Town. It's spreading across the country. It really is. Uh, more and more. I, I, know, I know Massachusetts just began. Did you see the lines in Massachusetts? Crazy. And those were people standing Think in the about the people who stood in line at Men Man on January 1st. That was ridiculous. It's at least it was warm. It's freezing back east. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know what I mean? They were they were just the lines crazy. were blocked. The lines were like that long. when Vegas when Ve- yeah. it's it's crazy. It's um it's wonderful. It's a world to explore and we will be exploring it. So stay tuned for more episodes of High in the Hog, the podcast it's Merrill Schindler. Stay healthy.